make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung Like the way he's speaking His confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans But I'ma like what's underneath him and Love is a I am your host, Space Infant 18, and today we are kind of doing um, an impromptu last-minute podcast um, that has to do with Fanon versus Canon, and we'll get into that in a second, Um, because I have a guest with me who apparently needs an introduction. Really? Really? (laughs) Hi, I'm Bethany, Um, not that be on Tumblr. (laughs) And we love Bethany here, so... (laughs) Uh, I just I if I okay, we said I she's an awesome guest one more time. Somebody's gonna start throwing <laughs> things at me. Apparently, I need to find new adjectives, so I will Listen, do that. Said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are we're talking about um, we're talking about fanfic today, mm-hmm. and no, we're kind of no, we're not talking about fanfic. <laughs> well, kind yeah. of, yeah, okay, sorry. Okay. So I got into I'm not I'm sorry. That was my fault. I got into um all the other ghosts. Oh yeah, no. We'll talk about that at the end though. We'll like, okay. plug it. Yeah. yeah. No. Um <laughs> we are talking about a thing that happens in fanfic. Right. Um we are talking about fanon versus canon today. And if you guys don't know, um fanon is a fan or fandom headcanon that kind of comes out of fan fiction or it doesn't have to but most of the time that is where it comes up is within the fan fiction um the other thing about fanon is that it's one of those things that fandom kind of holds to it and sometimes they don't even realize that they're doing it but it's specific tropes or characterizations of the characters that aren't necessarily in canon but fandom has made its own head canon for right and it's been passed through the fandom so much and talked about so much and it appears so much in so much of fanfic that it becomes like it's like canon but it's not really no and, and it's interesting and just that 
how people can get as defensive about Fanon mm-hmm. as they can about the regular canon. So, so yeah, let's start off talking about how Fanon is kind of developed. Um, like fan fiction, Fanon is something that comes in the spaces. It, it like, mm-hmm. for example, with Glee in season two, we have all of these missing, you know, pieces and stuff that we want to fill in with like Carter Blaine's story. Mm-hmm. Fanon as a fanon fandom as a whole starts, you know, if the show doesn't give us a specific thing, a specific um, idea or backstory or mm-hmm. concept, we have a tendency to fill it in, which is fine. That's what fandom is for, and then just what fanfic is for. Um, but collectively, we start to latch onto these head cannons, right? And a lot of the Glee ones really started to develop in season two with the you know incoming of Blaine and the starting of the Clane story. Um, and there are things we still hang on to to this day um, that we don't know. So many things that did they get started in canon or fandom or fanon we still have issues with it to this day because it started way back in season two right and and i don't like i wanted to um stress that we're not coming at a critical no yeah yeah we're we're not being critical there are certain things like that you can be critical of but we're just we're kind of looking at it more as a phenomenon that exists right. than any kind of criticism. So, and um, and an interesting phenomenon that is that we still, like I said before, that we still draw on to this day. It still appears in our fan fiction, and and it's it's interesting and in where it all comes from. Yeah, um, the reason I wanted to to really pinpoint season two is because uh, you know, like I said, this is when we a lot of people really came into fandom and. A lot of these, you know, when you have these shows that are big ensemble shows that the show can't focus every single, you know, it's not telling you every single detail. This is not like, you know, this is not a soap opera where it's 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 like, yeah, where it's, you know, they have a different script every day, five days a week. Yeah, sixty-five days, or you know, fifty-two weeks a year. Or, it, but it's not even like, for example, with like Lord of the Rings and J.R.R. Tolkien, he mapped out right. everybody's backstory up the wazoo. Right. Like, like, I mean, yeah, there's still people that have fan and head cannons for that, and et cetera, et cetera. But with Glee, you have a very disjointedly written television show about twenty right. characters, so there's going to be a lot of open spaces, as I call them. And um, I've always kind of maintained that that's one of my favorite parts about Glee and Clan specifically is that it is so open-ended that we can fill all those spaces with our own headcanons and bring them to life in different ways for each person. And that's really interesting to me. And like I've said many times on the podcast and in private conversations, it's one of my favorite things about the show and about the couple and the fandom itself. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we get like delving into some mm, examples um i want to take a second to talk about fanon versus what fanon is versus what an alternate universe is mm-hmm. um fanon is specifically a head canon that keeps popping up in a tropish way amongst mm-hmm. all of like 
fanfic or you know people's creative writings whereas alternate universe you're specifically taking these characters and doing alternate things to them so it's like you said earlier you're filling fanon is more filling in the gaps whereas alternate universe is making new a completely new thing that doesn't it doesn't you know what i mean like it's not It's you're taking like exactly like you said you're taking the characters out and you're putting them in an entirely new story. Right. They can still have a lot of the fanon and canon characteristics mm-hmm. and even some details, but you're still trading them for a different story. Whereas right. canon or fanon, I'm sorry, is just filling in what we don't what we don't what they've not told us about. Canon. Right. And uh, it is so. Um, kind of. Let's look at Kurt first. Let's mm-hmm. take Kurt. Take some fanny things about Kurt that are not necessarily because I, I think the fun thing about it is looking at things that are fanny that show up but are not mm-hmm. necessarily true in canon. Is just really kind of what I wanted to look at specifically. Okay. So, um, let's take a look at Kurt and. As a, uh, I do want to bring this up because this one cracks me up, and um, this is a more specific example where I'm kind of looking at. Usually, most of these are going to be broad stroke, but this one's specific because I think it's just funny because it is a thing that happened when I started reading fanfic. But early season one and season two, Kurt fix, he always said, "Oh my gaga, oh my gaga, yes." <laughs> Can I even just tell you if I read that in a fic, I nope out so fast. I'm yeah. like, nope. Um, Did he ever even say it? No. I didn't. I understand the the roots of this came from the fact that he's an atheist from Girl Jesus and with all the theatricality stuff. They're like, oh, well, you know, an atheist can't say, oh, my God. Well, I will say right here, I'm an atheist, and I say, oh, my God, all the time. It's just a, you know, it's a cultural colloquialism, colloquialism. If he that we also say. say bless you when somebody yeah. sneezes, like it's you know, that's what yeah. people do. But people, I think, overthink things in, in fiction mm-hmm. um, sometimes. So oh, and, and, they do really. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in fan fiction, um, so yeah. So I, I get that a lot of people came from like they're trying to think about this, but they maybe they're thinking a little too hard about it yeah. uh, but he, Kurt did say and this is a true thing that I have encountered in many early effect um, that oh Kurt says oh my gaga uh, that's just a funny and awkward thing for him to say and it's he, so funny because he actually does say oh my god like in yeah. um, even in oh what's the episode with the tots um, special um, the substitute um, substitute. No. Yeah, it's no. a substitute. Oh, it is a substitute. Yeah, okay. it's whenever um the Holly Holiday. Yeah, no. Yes, but no. It's when Mercedes has the um they're in the cafeteria and like everybody stands up and he goes, "Oh my god." Yeah, well, he also does it um I mean, he says it quite a bit cuz it's yeah. just a natural thing for somebody to say um because it is an American American colloquialism. I can't say that word. Um said it right. That um in the Britney episode, when he looks at Britney and her blue teeth, or yeah, I think it's Britney's yeah. blue teeth, and he's like, "Oh my god, yeah. that's a that's a, a meme at this point." So, um, but anyway, that's a specific, really specific example. I just think it's funny because I think it's the biggest kind of. I hate to say joke because I don't want to make fun of any kind of author that's out there that's writing this kind of stuff, but I do think it's the you know phantom 
fandom as a whole thinking, oh, okay, that when you think of fanon, it's mm-hmm. oh my gaga. The big one, and again, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but the big one that I always think of is that Kurt, uh, Carol is a nurse. Yeah. yeah. That's my big one. But we'll get to that too in a minute. I just wanted to do character by character. I mean, not like every character of the show. But <laughs> I know. We'll get to like, we'll get to that. Um, um, another Kurt one is that he is overly graceful. Um, which is hilarious. I mean, you do. I, and I understand because Kurt is, it kind of comes out of this. It, it kind of comes out of this, you know, Kurt is a very composed person and he's very inward, especially in season one and two Mm -hmm. that I can understand. There is a, there is a graceful beauty about Kurt that I, I agree with, but it is, he is an awkward little duckling. He yeah. trips over himself. He's, He's very dancing. Clumsy. He yes. cannot dance very well. I love him so much, but he has. Uh, Mike is completely correct. He has about five moves that he does <laughs> over and over and over. He looks adorable while doing them. But um, I think everybody's favorite example, though, is him tripping over the hula hoop and guilty <laughs> pleasures. My favorite. Oh my God. My favorite is whenever he slips on the butter in the substitute. I yes. die laughing every single There's time. Like, the, I and, sometimes have to rewind it and watch it again because just his feet coming up and the. Well, that was planned. I think there's a lot of unplanned awkwardness. Like, there's one time he falls off. The, he tries to get on the piano and he falls off. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know butter is planned. I know it is. My heart knows it. But I just can't help but laugh every single time. It's funny. But just in general, he is, n- I mean, the way Chris Colfer played him was very uh, specific. Like, he held himself in a very specific way. And I can understand where that can come forward as gracefulness but kurt in general though is just an awkward goober his movements are not dancer like movements Mm -hmm. so um yeah so that's big one um there is the eating healthy one apparently in fiction in fanfic um kurt's always eating like a salad and yes i know it's tested that was a specific thing, but a lot of these tropes started way before that. Right. Back when Kurt was eating pizza and popcorn and cheesecake. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <clears throat> and licking um, a whipped cream off his hot chocolate. And yeah. Um, oh, whenever they were, they had the girls sleep over and they're passing the, the popcorn and fry thingies yep. in between them. And yep. like boy loves his junk food. Oh, we oh, have oh, that baby in common. Ca- baby cupcakes. I mean, baby cupcakes. On. Yeah. Like one of my, one of my favorite Tumblr posts is whenever he they're talking about I don't remember exactly what it says and it and but then at the bottom it says I gotta go talk to some food about this. <laughs> no, it's so true. So yeah, I mean, the, it, there's this one I never okay. So I have this written down, and I didn't really think about this until I started um, asking you guys about it. And by the way, shout out to all of you guys who answered on the post. I really appreciate your feedback, and a lot of this discussion comes out of your answers. So you guys rock, all of you who answered and replied. Yes, um, I should have started with that. I'm sorry, I'm a, a bad host, but um, uh, Kurt not having a sense of humor. And being, you know, kind of this, like, very kind of a serious and stoic person. And I I, I see that in the fiction now that I think of it. I'm like, yeah, I guess he does have this kind of seriousness about him. But 
Kurt is just kind of a quirky, odd little duckling who makes really bad jokes. Right. (laughs) He's got a dry sense of humor, I would say. Um, But it is, there is a sense of humor there. And he, like, laughs at his own jokes a lot. Like, I remember, what is the one where he, like, is... Oh, it's whenever he's gets Pavarotti and he's yeah. like he's gonna take him to a um a coal mine and he's like, I'm just kidding, I don't I don't actually work in a coal mine yeah. and you're like Yeah. yeah well he's that, very sarcastic. Yes. I mean, he's he's very snarky, and I think that, I, you know, and I have to give people credit because I think that having if you're not good with humor humor is a hard thing to come up with so sometimes you know if somebody's strength is not writing humorous and snarky lines it may fall flat or may you know may stick to the stuff that you are familiar with which is the more serious aspects of him um sometimes oh sorry go ahead no it's fine oh i was just gonna say and sometimes like some of his humor is in his body language and his facial expressions and the way he reacts to things. And that's hard to put into mm-hmm. writing too. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I also think Kurt is a character who's had a lot of serious things happen to him. And I think that sometimes fiction, the fanfic wants to develop that, get into the angst, get into the hard stuff that the humor that's natural in a comedy show, um, it doesn't always come out, but on the show, Kurt is a very, um, he's a very funny person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and very, he likes, I, you know, another thing he, he likes, yeah. Geekier things. He definitely yes. watches reality television. He's a he, big. He loves shows of female empowerment shows from the eighties and nineties. Um, he's a big Golden Girls, Designing Women, Facts of Life, those mm-hmm. kinds of shows. He's very obsessed with anything reality. He likes yeah. Scandal. <laughs> he's not. I think that. And again, this is something that I think that came out of kind of projection in you know season two stuff he's not as high cultured as i think people i mean not that he doesn't appreciate high culture but like i think that sometimes they put him and a lot of this ends up being like in comparison to blaine which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about in a minute um like he's like the one who's going to listen to classical music and he's going to you know enjoy the finer foods and yeah, Kurt likes to be classy, in it, but he's also... But he a, also likes to put homemade uh, icing on his cinnamon rolls and eat them with also chocolate milk. Like, while watching Long Island Medium. <laughs> right, or uh, being Bobby Brown. Like yeah. <laughs> Those are actual dates that he's had with his boyfriend. <laughs> and yes, he made a cheese plate. But they watched being Bobby Brown. Come on. <laughs> and that cheese plate had cheddar and mozzarella. Like, it yeah. wasn't, like, Gouda. <laughs> and some grapes. Or some goat cheese or something. Yeah. Like, okay. it wasn't high, you know. Whatever. Yeah, they are adorable, like, being faux. Um, faux classy sometimes. But they're still, like, teenagers in Ohio. And, and they're also teenagers in Ohio who want to be in New York. So they kind of play at being sophisticated. Like, they yeah. try to, you know, like a lot of people do when they're young and don't really understand what that means quite yet. It just comes from... 
it just comes from a place uh, or that kind of comes from a place of wanting to be older and trying to do what you think older people do. Mm-hmm. And then, but you're still very young. And so, like you said, you might have a cheese plate, but it's got cheddar and mozzarella on it. And Oops. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I also want to say, just as a disclaimer, as now that we're getting into this a little bit, the reason I brought up the like Fanon versus AU stuff is that we're just talking about how tropes that come up in fan fiction are often different than um, than are what is actual canon. Yes. That doesn't mean a story is bad, and it doesn't oh, mean no. that AUs can't not. take it differently. But I just want to make that disclaimer that we are not saying, oh, this people and this this fanfic stuff is bad. It, that's right. not or wrong or incorrect. Yeah. That's not what we're saying at all. We're, we're just, just saying pointing out the differences between right. common tropes that happen in the fan and stuff versus what happens in canon. Right. Actually, and pointing so. out the distinctions between the yeah. two, exactly. and both of them are good, and both of them are correct. There's just a difference between the two of them. Well, I mean, if you define both good and correct, yeah. one of them is canon and the other is... Okay. Does make sense? <laughs> you know, you know. Yes. All right. You're right. What? I'm going to use that as a sound bite. Say what? it again. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was like, I seriously didn't know what you meant. For a second, I'm like, oh, say what again? I got you, though. Yeah, now you. Anyway, so the other thing with Kurt is um, him being neat and perfect. I do think that he's, he, you know, he does clean, keep a clean room, especially compared to Rachel, who seems to like have messy stuff. But he is, you know, not. I wouldn't call him a perfectionist. No. Um, I would call him an only child yeah. who had always had his own space, his own stuff, and also, you know, took care of a parent for most of his life, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was probably the one cleaning the house and making sure everything was where it was supposed to be and cooking dinner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I would call that being an only child. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about, um, she's just sounds bad. What is going on? Um, uh, before we get to Blaine, let's talk about Bert and Kurt's mom. And then we can bring up the Carol stuff too here. Okay. Um, and then we'll get into Blaine. Um, because Bert has, I think it's interesting that the most, more people replied about Bert than I think mm-hmm. like a lot of other things. Bert in Fanon has a tendency to, especially in the earlier, mm-hmm. I think once he got to be a little bit preachier on the show, the stop being a thing, but um, very like strict with Kurt uh-huh. and very like. I've never read any of these so-called shotgun Burt stories, but apparently it's a thing. But the this is one time when I think that approach with caution is the best way to think of it. Because I think that some of this, like, quote-unquote shotgun Burt stuff is seeping in heteronormativity. Yeah, I was actually just thinking the exact same thing. To, to explain or expand on that a little bit, it's just this idea that 
I don't even know how to explain it. Maybe you can explain it. Well, I don't know if I can either because what it is, is it's, it broaches on the subject of like Kurt. Uh, the very protective daddy thing. Yeah. But like but, of how a, a father would be with his daughter. Right. But like that gets into sexist things because a father doesn't own his daughter any more than a father owns his son. So like it just, it just is kind of icky and yeah, we just kind of like, it's like you register that it's icky, but you don't know how to exactly put it into words because Kurt's not a girl, first of all, but also even if he were, Bert doesn't own him and it's he's not, they would not, that person would not be Bert's to protect. I also think there's a difference between Bert, you know, finding Blaine and Kurt's bed and being understandably like, what the frick are you doing, kid? Right. Versus like, you can't have sex with my son type thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and also, but it's like that, that didn't like the you know, door stays open and I'm very mad that I found Blaine in your bed kind of a thing. It didn't happen. Like, that's completely fanon. It didn't, that's not how that worked. That's not how it played out. Right. Well, and that's another thing. Like, we never saw outside of, like, you know, sexy and blame it out with an alcohol. We never really saw Bert's, you know how he handles Blaine being in the same not house. Really. I and mean, then, a little bit in prom queen, but not, not, not to the point where it's in a commentary on their relationship. Like, you know I mean? um, yeah. You know, yeah. the whole, all of the sex stuff was over at, you know, Blaine's house. And mm-hmm. by the time Kurt was getting engaged and Bert was giving him, you know, a conversation about getting married, he's pretty open about the idea that his kid is going to be having not if he's not already having lots of sex because he right. says straight up, you know, you're going to be having lots of sex. And so Bert, Bert is not and, you know, Bert may be I think this is some, you know, you get some like backwater hickish tropes that come out. And this isn't a mm-hmm. fan and thing for Glee. This is a stereotype mm-hmm. that people sometimes pick up on where the Bert is like, you know, they write him as if he is a backwater Ohio, like whatever. And I don't think that he is that stereotype. Right. I think he is a you know, average of intelligence um, gentleman with a high empathy who had went through a trauma and doesn't always understand his son, but is Mm -hmm. trying. And it's, and like all people, you know, he's complex. And a lot of times, you know, some of these tropes and some of these fans and some even canon can have issues because no matter how hard you try, a fictional person is a fictional person and Mm -hmm. does not retain the complexities of a real human being. Right. So they are bound by the stories that are being told. Exactly. That makes sense. Um, With, you know, it's so funny. Somebody wrote that, you know, Kurt's mom is always seen as a Disney princess. And I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if I I understand only because I don't feel like I see enough of Kurt's mom in. Yeah. I actually would, I would completely agree with that. Like, I don't, she's kind of like, even in the ones where that she's in, I will uh, I will no, say ahead. that there is a certain kind of she is kind of romanticized though. Mm-hmm. I do think and and but that I understand in a um 
in a, you know, this is somebody's dead mother type thing. Right. Um, we don't, we did not know her. And Canon gave us such little information that the show romanticizes her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's so. true of, I mean, you know, that's true of a lot of people who have passed on. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you romanticize them because you want to remember the good parts about them. Yep. Um, uh, the other the last thing, let's talk about Carol real quick because the, you're right. The Carol is a nurse thing. Um, it's so funny because there's one line about shift work. About More shift work. Nurses are not the only people that work shift work. No, but that's the first thing somebody thought of. And mm-hmm. Carol couldn't possibly work in a factory. So, but you know what? She probably worked at a factory. That she probably she was- worked at a factory or she worked in um, like retail, like a retail like, store that was 24 she, hours. Yeah. 24 hour grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol is, you know, I, it, this is my frustration. Carol is a good person. She is poor. She is, uh-huh. you know, struggling financially. She is not like, you know, but just because that, you know, just because she has a job, like if she was a nurse, she would not be like nurses make good money more than what Carol is making. Right. Um, so it's not a bad thing if Carol's a nurse and your thing, that's fine. That's perfectly, you know, but she is not, there's nothing that specifically points to that. And the shift work can be anything. And there's more alluding to the fact that she is working a closer to minimum wage job. Right. Um, to just make ends meet, you know. So. I mean, she does. I don't want to get too far into it. But, I mean, yes, I would I would completely agree with that. Like, I think I, my headcanon was always that she worked in a factory. Um, so it's okay. So kind of going over to Blaine, this is kind of where, cause Kurt has like, there's some stuff in it, but Kurt is a, dare I say it? Don't yell at me, but this is the truth. Kurt was a more fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. He had more of a world. He had parents that were elaborated on. He had, you know, just, you got to see his home. You got to see his family life. He, Kurt, Kurt is... Kurt was the only one on the show who, whose parent was a recurring parents were recurring characters. Exactly. And as um, I'll shout out to Snark Hag often has said, he is the he, even more than Rachel got a more fleshed out world. Yeah. So it makes sense that people would be filling in Blaine more than they would be filling out Kurt and Blaine. This is where the whole, like you need to understand where a lot of this comes from type thing, because I think a lot of these tropish ideas stemmed from season two, because there was nothing that Canon was giving us. So you can do whatever you want when there's nothing in Canon, it can, you can do whatever you want with it. Yep. And there were some really great fix that came out of that time period that, really did that that just filled in all kinds of stuff so even characterizations you can blaine is such an open character that you can do whatever you want and there's nothing to contradict you right um so so let's dig into blaine a little bit um my biggest thing with blaine though is always the what the one that i come back to the most thing you the biggest the thing i have with with blaine is that there's actor bleed from darren mm-hmm. um i see a lot of 
you know, not gelling the hair as much, mm-hmm. the kind of more extravagant, like, I don't think I've ever seen Blaine do his nails or anything, but it, it's still, there's an extravagance about Blaine. Playing the in, guitar. Playing the guitar, um, which he did do technically once in canon, so whatever you can make, but yeah. he's more of a piano player, though. He's definitely uh, but. Just, you know, a lot of Darrenisms come through with Blaine because Blaine, I mean, and this is specifically to a season two thing, Blaine was less defined. So, yeah, you get a lot of, you know, I think you get a lot of like Harry Potter relations or you get a lot of, you know, just off the wall stuff. And... Um, I don't know, pink sunglasses, were they over there? Um, I'm sure they were. Mostly what I remember from that time period and beyond is like, like, like he would eat, like, just shovel things into his mouth. And every time we've seen Blaine eat, he eats with a knife and fork and he's so precise. And, um... You know, like like I said, playing the guitar, not gelling his hair like you had said. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot. There's, well, and that kind of stuff. Like, I also think there are things that were, like, counterpart to fan and stuff with Kurt. Like the, you know, Blaine's a messy eater because he, and I, I, I don't know how much... I just dropped something. I don't know what I want to get into it, but there's this need in fan fiction for reasons I don't fully understand to not only heteronormative, make it, you know, heteronormative, God, however you say that word. Heteronormative. Um, Yes. Relationship. They kind of labeled Kurt as the girl of the relationship Mm -hmm. and as the boy. So we start to get these kind of like, Kurt's really fussy about his looks and how he is dressing in his culture. And and Blaine is the slob. And and Mm -hmm. when it's not that, you know, not that in canon and not that, you know, it's just definitely not. Uh Um, You know, Blaine is actually more graceful of a person. Blaine is the one who is... I could see Blaine listening to classical music more than I could see it from Kurt. it's uh Blaine is not sloppy. He is very controlled. That's part of the hair gel. That's part of the like, you know, it yeah, it, it helps sure. that like that's we didn't learn a lot of this stuff until seasons four and five, but right. um it is, you know, so I understand like you know, when you're filling in Blake's 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 when you're filling in blanks, you kind of pull on what you know and Darren is what we all knew. So right. why not? But um no, this this I I think that it's more when when you look at a fan and and fanficy Blaine, he's more different than the canon counterpart than Kurt is oftentimes. Uh-huh. Right, I would so, agree with that for sure. Um, Blaine, I think, is the more serious one of the two of them a lot of times. I, whereas, like you know, there's off like this goofy off the wall Blaine. Not that he can't be, or that he isn't in in canon but i just see him as a little bit you know more serious than he's often portrayed in fan fiction right. especially always, in earlier stuff so right i always kind of pictured blaine too a little bit more political um and a little bit more um you know and that's going back to the aware. 
going back to the straight relationship ishness, Blaine is often portrayed as a little bit more masculine. Uh-huh. And I don't, I think that he is almost as much effeminate as, as Curtis. Yeah. yeah, he really is. Like, yes. they're two gay men. Like, they don't. <laughs> Knife. Oh gosh. Yeah, well, you can have like two very masculine gay men too, but of course these, you can. The yeah. two, these two nut jobs are these two are both. You know, Kurt's more effeminate, and he sounds more effeminate because of his voice. But like Blaine can be just as much, right? And I don't even think I I can make an argument that he's not more effeminate than Blaine, like. <sighs> I don't know how far I want to get into it because it's just going to create a whole nother can of worms that I'm not sure I want to open. Oh, but, at least mention it to me. So I, know. <laughs> but like, I feel like people, like you were saying earlier, get stuck on this. Kurt is the girl and Blaine is the boy. And mm-hmm. it's not there. And what I meant by two gay men is that they don't, ascribe to either one of them like because they're two men like it's neither of them are the girl because they're both men so so it's interesting that across the board a lot of these fandomy things that fan and things that are very different than canon that um may not be in a positive light are Things that are issues within fandomy writing across the board that is not just this glee thing, but when writing to men, there is a a um, there is a what's this word? There is a tendency to lean into what a straight relationship should be, and there's already issues with people writing straight relationships. But um, right. I don't see it now when the characters are a little bit more defined, and in the later seasons, mm-hmm. I don't see it as much. Now, I I haven't. There's a lot of fan, you know, a lot of fanfic I have not read. Um, I think that once the characters are a little bit more defined, some of this. You know, like who's the top and who's the bottom crap. Yeah. That's what there. that's what I didn't really want to get into. But yeah, like yeah. that whole argument, it's really icky. Like and it's kind of funny, like thinking about all of these fan and things, how a lot of it plays into that issue. Excuse mm-hmm. me, issue. Um so so yeah, that's kind of because like a lot of the Blaine stuff is wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. Now there's some other Blaine-ish things that have to do again with his family, which I don't. This is not necessarily a bad thing. Like all of his family stuff, you can pretty much make up whatever you want because yes. they did not elaborate Mm-mm. any kind of headcanon you have about Blaine's family is fanon. Yeah. Yes, you can draw on the stuff with Cooper for one episode, but for that even that one episode. Cooper is not a, Cooper is essentially a cartoon character. Yes. So there's not uh, like a whole lot you can drop on like you know Blaine was you know had a hard time growing up in the shadow of his brother. That is something they addressed on the show. Right. But I mean af- Oh no, go ahead. I was just say other than that there is no you know concrete things that you can pull out there are some vague stuff that he mentions offhandedly about, you know, my dad having a hard time with me being a gay person. Like that's, that can be, that's so out of context. And so mm-hmm. uh, you could put it on any kind of level that you want that it, there, you cannot say specifically it is one way or the other. So yeah, anything right. that comes up with Blaine's family is going to be your own personal head canon. Right. There's no right or wrong answer. 
Right. And we all have them. We all have plain head cannons and none of them are right, but none of them are wrong either. Oh, like, there's because they're all like legit well, wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but my point was, is that because like you said, because we don't know, then they're all, I don't know. No, that makes sense. They're all, <laughs> I don't want to say they're all incorrect because they're not incorrect, but they're no, not. They're, they're all fanon. They're all yeah. your own head cannon. It's kind of like, and this is kind of a completely different subject that I don't really want to get into, but like, did Kurt have sex with Adam? We don't know. The show never said one way or the other. So you can come up and put in any kind of information that you want to in there. Mm-hmm. And there's no right answer. So Blaine's family is the same way. There's no right answer. So yeah, that's why we come up with all of his stuff. Like all of the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that yes. so, um, there's also some kind of, um, side things unless there's something else you want to talk about Blaine. I kind of said my piece about Blaine, but mm, I don't think so. I mean, I could talk forever about my head cannons about Blaine, but that's not for this podcast. So I think we've pretty yeah. much said everything we need to say. Um, the, um, the warblers <laughs> the warbler stuff this is kind of funny to me because back in season two you know the warblers were kind of these like ill-defined whatever but so many people's head can't like there was a couple of fix that got really popular and then they adopted, like, people started to kind of adopt those head cannons, mm-hmm. And that's how Fanon is born. It's and so funny because I joined fandom so late, so I missed all of this. And so it's just like, oh, that's the thing that happened back in yeah. the day. Well, I don't... Like, the, the Nick and Jeff relationship, yeah. which pops up everywhere, especially in season two. Mm-hmm. Which, there's nothing in canon that even remotely... The only thing that ever happens, this is why they started it. And, you know, the actors encouraged it. Um, right. Was that they gave each other a hug during... When they were moving on. Yeah. Which, okay, who cares? It doesn't mean they're romantically involved or whatever. <laughs> right. Rachel and Mercedes <laughs> gave each other a hug a few times. Hey, I'm sure there's thick of it, you know? Oh, um, I'm positive there is. <laughs> because fandom will ship anything if possible, which is fine. Um, it, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, people liked these characters. They wanted to do more with them. But uh-huh. a lot of, you know, the headcanons about the Warblers, you know, became solidified and... Uh-huh. You know, that is just how people started, right? You know, like Blaine was BFF with all of these people and et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of like when you take a step back and you really look at what was going on with the Warblers and the rest of the show, you know, Blaine, that they were not Blaine's BFF forever no. and ever. Like, this wasn't. So, no, once uh, that's that'll get into that's my own issues. But suffice to say, once Blaine wasn't giving them what they wanted anymore, they didn't really care except for Trent who is a ball of sunshine yes Trent cares yeah. that's Trent cares you know. <laughs> Trent cares Trent um, cares I totally had the care bear thing in my head now oh. but yeah so Trent cares but it's it's all and it's fine there was some great fix yeah, some not so great fix um and it, you know that's just the evolution of that but it is all headcanon so uh-huh I'm trying to, but I scribbled something else down, and I don't remember. Oh, I know. Okay, so a hilarious kind of 
side thing that happens that cracks me up is that a character on a show, and this happens not just in Glee, but just everywhere. A character on the show will one day say, you know, like, let's take Kurt. I like cheesecake. You know, I always like cheesecake. <laughs> that is the, then becomes the only thing in fanfic that he uh-huh. eats is cheesecake. Yep. And so people get stuck on, you know, food or a piece of clothing or or a scent or something. And yeah, like they how he just... also only ever wears uh, Alexander McQueen yeah. and uh, Doc Martens yeah. and um, his perfectly coiffed hair. Yeah. I think that's how you say that word. Yeah. Coiffed. And yeah. Oh yeah, I, I gotcha. I know what you're, I know what you're Oh, it just cracks me up. It's it's fine, but it's hilarious when everything, you know, like he's only eating because you know, he ate a grilled cheese sandwich in one, you know, episode. Right. He always eats grilled cheese sandwiches. And and it's like great that you're trying to allude to canon. He uh-huh. did do that once, but it doesn't mean that the character, you know, mm-hmm. that's all that the character eats. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Oh my so, goodness. Uh, I mean, the other thing is, is delicious though. But also like remembering things that I mean, can you remember every detail? Like, yeah, you watch the show a million times and you remember every detail because you've watched it a million times. But, you know, even the characters in a fictional world, they've lived it once, but they're not going to remember everything. So it's when people, when when I see in fan fiction, like, remember, you know, when you said, you know, after Britney's party that blah, 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 exactly that, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to remember that. That's just a, it's not not necessarily a fanning thing, but it's just a funny thing that comes out of being a part of fandom. Right. So, um, on a more positive note, though, let's talk about, there's one subject I want to talk about real quick about fandom and how fandoms can provide a positive thing. Because I know we've mostly talked about negative or neutral stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's let's talk about the apparently uh, controversial subject of Blaine's race. Okay. Um, Blaine on the show has never been identified specifically as Asian or half Asian or anything. So the general consensus is that, like Darren, Blaine is half Filipino. Right. Um, and I think that's a good thing that, you know, fandom has filled in the blanks on Mm -hmm. because it gives a group of people representation that may not have already had representation. Otherwise there are moments within the show that allude to his Asian heritage. Uh Sue makes plenty of Asian jokes at his expense. There's Um, a moment in, uh, Tina in the sky with diamonds. What moment was that? She, it's whenever they're performing and she says, um, least Asian and least gay. Oh, yeah. Tina says it. Okay. Tina says that. Um, there is, you know, like, Rachel has a comment about vaguely Eurasian Asian children. Children. Um, there's definitely some allusions to Darren, to Blaine being mixed race. Mm-hmm. And even though they didn't show his dad, um, because obviously his mom is not Asian, um, does not mean that, you know, he's not. And right. I, I think that that's, this is, it's a, like I said, it's a positive thing that, it's okay that people have adopted to this because it is a, another source of representation. Right. And so 
you know. Yeah, it's a, like you said, it's a positive thing that, that, um, it's a fandom thing. While there is, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just repeating what you're saying, but while there is, that's um, (laughs) while there is callbacks and, um, you know, hinting to it in the show, it is a fandom thing, but it's a good fandom thing. Like, it's a, it's a a fandom thing that, because there, like you said, there are good things that come out. There's lots of good things that come out of fandom. Exactly. And this is one of them. Exactly. And I, I think that, you know, people having that particular fan and headcanon, mm-hmm. like, and saying, by the way, you know, an educated bit, like, you know, we've adopted this as, you know, Blaine is a, a you know, he is, you know, a mixed race character. Right. And educated, yeah, you may not have noticed that. You may have, you know, whitewashed him and have seen him just as a white character. But when somebody from fandom, if you're talking to somebody, you know, else and says, hey, you know, this person has, you know, a background and is mixed race, then, you know, oh, that's great. That's, you know, embracing that and not being like, well, no, he's just white. Like, no, listen and, and, you know, learn and learn. And just because it doesn't say specifically on the show doesn't mean like this particular thing is wrong or that, you know, that you should dismiss of this very real thing that goes on. Right. If that makes any sense. Yes. So it does. It makes perfect sense. So, yeah. So there are good things that do come out of Fanon. I just wanted Absolutely. to point that out. I, I don't know if I have another example. On the <laughs> I don't know if I do either. I mean, just calling back to what I said at the beginning, like it's, it's literally one of my favorite parts about our fandom. Yeah. And fandom in general. Yeah, so I'm not. It's kind of funny because I'm like, oh, thinking about fanon versus canon, but it ended up not being like. I just don't have a lot to say on it. I feel bad, but um, it's interesting. I think not from a you're right and wrong point of view. It's interesting to have these discussions on fanon versus canon. I think it is a like a lot of times. I think one of the unfortunate side effects of this kind of stuff is that people get wrapped up in their own head canon. Yes. When it comes to canon and canon changes, what a popular fanon is then people get caught up in the, well, this is not the way it should be. Or people project their own headcanons onto a character. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the character inside the world, you know, that the people are writing technically can't be out of character because it's within the artwork. But I mean, yeah, you can have things that are like, okay, normally, you know, that character wouldn't do this. That writing's a little shaky on that. I get that. But jossing a, an actual, you know, fan and headcanon, is not exactly, you know, it, 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 it jars people, but it, it's, you know, just a part of being a part of an active fandom. Right. And exactly. I, I also think that sometimes like these fan-esque ideas of how the characters are portrayed, you know, people get very defensive of their own because maybe it reflects on a specific aspect of their life. Yes. Um, for example, this one I can throw out there. Um, there are people out there who feel um, that Kurt is demisexual mm-hmm. and, you know, as one who identifies that as myself, I don't see it, but at the same time, I don't not see it. Like I can totally make a case for it, but I, I don't, I generally don't lead that way. However, there's not enough evidence to say one way or the other. So if that right. is how you identify and that is how you want to see the world, 
through, you know, or want to see Kurt's character, I think it's completely valid. Yes. The the other thing, um, just as something we were talking about off recording or whatever, is that sometimes there are fan to me things or fan and ideas that get carried over. Or not to get too deep in it, but um, not so much Kurt and Blaine, but let's, you know, talking about Britannia, right. it was a, something that, you know, people were joking around about it and the, you know, creators caught wind of it. So they incorporated it into, uh, you know, their story. Right. Um, so there are times when, and I don't know if I can necessarily call them fanon though, just because it's just feedback from yeah. the fandom. So I don't but know. You any- could make a case that that is fanon. So no. I think it could go either way. So, all right. Um, so yeah, that's our discussion on Fanon versus Canon, which I, I realize is not that long, but I don't know if I have a whole lot I want to say about it because it, it gets into, uh, I don't know, just a lot of times these things devolve into people who are wrong on the internet type discussions because yes. of their own head cannons. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is very, while it may be cathartic for you to air your grievances, I'm not sure that I have, I, I don't think it's very productive on the podcast. So Right. It's not fair either. Like, Oh, true. I mean, like, everybody, how do I want to say this? Everybody has a headcanon, and just because you don't think it's right or correct or fits within the story doesn't mean that that person doesn't have that right to have that head cannon. Well, and there's now there are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say just to be devil's advocate for a second against that, because for the most part, I agree with you. There was a a person um, in Vannon. God, they're fine. (laughs) There was a a thought out there that Kurt um, like didn't like you know, proposals and didn't like public, you know, things. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was projection. And a lot of that particular users, you know, stuff came out of the projection of that headcanon to the point where it it is mischaracterization. Right. So there is that kind of thing that is out there where it is, it's just mischaracterization. Their their own headcanons are so you know, wrapped up in head cannons that it's just becomes, uh, I want to say superfluous, but I don't even know if that's the right word to use. Uh (laughs) But even that goes back to like, yes, I agree with you, but it even, that goes back to like that, then that person wasn't, or that idea, people who were supporting that idea weren't being fair to the other people who were who were against it. So, yeah. like, it works on, I think it works both ways. Like, how do I want to say this? Because I completely agree with you. I do. But at the same time, like, if we're all going to play in this playground, then we have to be, we each have to share the ball. Yeah. So, like... You can't be over there or that, you know, that's figurative you. You can't be over there saying, well, that's wrong because then that person, then somebody else is going to say, well, that's wrong to you too. So, but also I agree with you that you can't, like, you shouldn't just accept everybody has their own hand cannons whenever they're destructive because there are destructive head cannons too. So like, you just kind of have to like take that 
and and not be super critical, I guess is the word I want to yeah. use. Or rigid in your own rigid is good thought too. point or that or viewpoints. So it's fandom is an interesting thing. It's interesting to see how these things develop and grow. Like I said, a lot of the, the this stuff came out of, you know, having holes in canon that a lot of people want to, you know, look at. And a lot of times, a lot of the stuff like, oh, you know, Kurt isn't graceful or, you know, Blaine isn't messy because later canon, you know, it might not have been canon at all in season two and the seasons three, four and five, you know, since, you know, given us another detail right. to go on top of that to, you know, so... And that's another thing, too, that I wanted to say earlier, and I'll say it now, though, is, like, you have to be able to willing be willing to let your headcanons change adapt. When, and adapt. Yes. Yeah. And adapt. Exactly. Like, because, like, forever, I had a headcanon that Blaine is a middle child. Like, yeah. I thought that up until like season six i was just saying that like i had this headcanon that he was a middle child forever and up until season six i had it and the only reason i let go of it was because there's no canon support for it but i still like to think about how it could be possible but i still like know that it's not because it's there's no, it's, it's not canon Yep, and then that's there's no reason not to play with that in AUs. There's yes, no reason not exactly. to, you know, the whole reason to explore stuff with fan fiction is to explore stuff with fan fiction. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, there we go. If you guys have any other, you know, if you guys have any other, like, conversation you want to talk about, various headcanons and various fanons versus the canon stuff, let us know and we'll we'll talk about it again. But for yeah, now, I think that's pretty much all that I wanted to say on it. Uh, so. Me too, I think. So yeah, yeah, that kind of that kind of wraps up this little impromptu, you know, improv podcast today. <laughs> Whatever we're doing. Were you going to say headcanon? <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Um, uh, join us next week. Um, well, no, I should thank Bethany for being a good sport because I didn't say that she was awesome. So. Oh my um, gosh. I'm <laughs> she's a good live sport. Down. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, thank you for being here. I, I really appreciate it. Um, especially on short notice because you totally did the short notice. Um, next week we will either have the wrap up or it will be another surprise. So just, you know, wait, it'll be something. Yeah. And um, have a great Sunday night. You make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. Like the 